Each of our lives tells a unique story, a painting on a canvas, if you will, which clearly displays to all who view it the work of God. By faith, we also understand it to teach that God's Word is true from the beginning to the end. Hello, friends. I'm Wayne Shepherd, bringing you another edition of Encounter God's Truth from Whitcomb Ministries. Today, we're going to return to our series called Basic Biblical Distinctions, which Dr. John Whitcomb presented in a Bible conference several years ago and brings you its very special conclusion. Mrs. Norma Whitcomb also spoke to the ladies of the conference, and it's our joy to be able to listen and glean some wonderful biblical lessons from her candid and encouraging talk. Her message was called Stillness Before the Lord, and our theme today is Contentment in Christ. As you may know, Mrs. Whitcomb went to be with the Lord on December 12 of 2021, but her legacy lives on through materials provided at sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb and also at windowforwomen.blogspot.com. We resume today with the powerful but calming words of Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. If you're able, please find a quiet spot now and join us in hearing the conclusion to our message, Stillness Before the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. That's in Psalms 46.10. Yes, 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. And I use that in building my talk on contentment. Contentment in Christ. Be still. I need those words. Be still, Norma. I'm not a person who likes to be still. And so God gave me that verse. Now, I don't know what his verse is going to be for you. It will probably not be that one. But he has special verses for every one of us in certain circumstances. And he brings them out. We bustle around. We try to fix things. That's the way I am. I clamor to get things done. I uh, uh, clamor to get out of the outs that I don't like. And I... Uh, forget sometimes that his way is perfect and I just need to be still and know that he's God. Let him work out those little details. In our ministry, there are several times when I just have to stop and be still and know that he's God. And wherever you are in your life, can you be still right now? And know that he's God. Well, it's easy right this morning because we're sitting here in church and we're all together and we're thinking, but what about the circumstances of your life when you walk out this door last night as you were trying to sleep or what? Be still, dear daughter, and know that I am on your, I am your God. I'm on the throne. I've cared for many, many things in the past and I will do it again now. Young ladies, if you can learn this early in life, it will be so much easier to be able to take the next thing that he brings along and fasten, fasten your, your experiences and fasten your faith on the fact that God is God and he makes no mistakes.
We need to be still because it's during that stillness that we can learn some of the most beautiful lessons that God has for us. He teaches us in stillness. He can't teach us when we're all frustrated and all out of sorts and and feel that everything is going wrong and flustering ourselves around. He can't teach us at those times. We're not open to hear his word. He wants us to come to the place of stillness so that he can bathe us with his word and with his assurances that he is on the throne. There's the the other verse, wait. We just talked about that. Just We gave that wait on the Lord. Listen to what he has to say. Listen carefully. Don't move on until you know what he's saying to you. Wait. To me, wait also means when I tell you what to do, you do it. So it's wait, it's be still, wait, do. There are lots more we could fill in here. Be still, wait, do. Do what I tell you to do. Now, when we wait upon the Lord, that doesn't mean we just sit down. Uh, I'm just going to say something. I think she might be here this morning. Um, we went into a, this is just off the side. We went to a restaurant last uh, yesterday, and uh, uh, I wanted to go and wash my hands and, and be sure that I wasn't going to carry germs like we're told to do these days. We do something, you know. She said, well, we prayed about this, and so I leave it with the Lord. No. You know, you use common sense. God gave us common sense. There are lots of rules and regulations to regular life. There are lots of rules and regulations in his word. You don't just sit down. Wait doesn't mean just do nothing. It means use your good brains, your common sense, what you know, what uh, he wants to teach us. I have a good word for that. I call it cooperate. Cooperate. I like that little phrase. And I use it to myself quite often. Cooperate with God. Do what he tells you to do. Don't sit back and expect him to do what we can do for ourselves. My husband is very strong on this, and I agree with him 100%. You do what you can do. What God has equipped you to do, you do. And so cooperate. That's wait upon God and do what he tells you to do. Well, now God doesn't only bring experiences in our lives, and, and my, this was a wonderful opportunity for me to kind of go through and refresh my own uh, self as I prepared this message. There's a lot more to it than what I'm just sharing with you now. But, you know, after God teach, tells us what to do, then he brings along experiences, and we, and we grow, Then he brings along other experiences in our life to see if we have really got the point, to put it simply. Did you hear what I was telling you, he says to us? Did you do? Did you respond? And uh, then he says, well, I'm going to test you a little bit. This is the way I look at this. And so here I'd prepared this lovely message. It was getting very close to the night I was to give it. And so God says, I just want 
it seemed to me, and this is the way I take it, you can do with it what you wish, but I want to share it with you. Uh, it's, he said uh, to me, uh, it seemed, from the experience that came, I just want to see if you're, if you're growing. If you can put into practice what I've just been teaching you. If you, Norma, can put into practice what you have to tell these other women. So here comes a little test. At 1.30 in the morning, we had a, a tornado watch warning. And so I, I gathered the blankets in my hand to go down to the basement. My husband was going to follow me in a minute. And I walked down the basement. Remember, the title of this is Cultivating Contentment in Christ. I looked down the stairs, and there was water all on the basement floor. I have spent weeks rearranging, reorganizing, painting the floor, painting the walls. Totally. I mean, it was such a, 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 a renovation, you can't believe, down there. And here... I'm seeing water all over this floor. I had worked so hard. And how did I respond? Okay, Norma, you're going to tell those women, cultivate contentment in Christ. You have contentment right yet now? Yes, Lord. I did. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing for this person. Actually, I praised the Lord. I praised the Lord because there was a, uh, a warning at 1.30. What would it have been by 7 o'clock in the morning when we went down there? It would have been, we've had nine inches in our basement already. This is the sixth time we've had water all, all over our floor. I praised him because it could have been worse. Now, that was a, a good step forward. And I had contentment. How did I get contentment? Listen, ladies, this is the point. I had contentment because I reviewed all the notes that I had was prepared for those women. Get it? Apply the word of God to the immediate situation. That's why he brings them. Then he's going to test. He's going to test you. Because there's something else coming along very soon. Are you learning? Okay, you've learned this time. I'll bring another one. I want you to keep learning. I want you to keep growing. Well, that's not the end of the story. I'm not going... Then, uh, about the next morning, after we got this mopped up all night and the next day... Um, Dr. Whitcomb and I were having breakfast, and he said to me, you know, we've had three major setbacks in our ministry this week. That was one of them, and there were two more. Well, we finished breakfast, and I started to do the dishes, and there comes the enemy. Okay, Norma, you know, three in one week. And I was beginning to get a pity party down deep in my heart. You know what I did? I wiped my hands from the dishwater. I went in and I dropped down on the couch. 
And guess what I did? Oh, yes, maybe I prayed. I'm not sure what I did at that, that part. I reviewed the notes that I was going to give to the women. Contentment in Christ. Apply the word to your situation, Norma, and it'll take you through. Okay, I've got to move on. That wasn't the end. I'm not going to tell you what happened after that. But I've had some more opportunities, like break in into our shed, all of our equipment taken, you know, things like that. Well, uh, I, after my husband's death, about a year and a half later, I had finished my master's degree in counseling and, guard, and guidance and also my, my degree in art. And uh, I was uh, just finished that day, sitting in the bathtub, preparing to travel to an, from Kansas to in, back to Indiana to counsel some, children, some people. Uh, young people, and um, I had contentment in Christ, but I was filling that tub with my tears. You see, friends, don't get mistaken. We are women. We have emotions, but it's not whether we have emotions or not. It's how we, what we do with those emotions, applying them to the word of God and allowing the word of God. So as I was filling the tear, the tub with tears, God was showering, showering me with scripture to take me through that difficult, lonesome time that I was having. And I was on my way to Indiana from Kansas to, um, uh, counsel some youth for a week, two weeks in a camp. And when I got there, they said, Oh, uh, yes, we've had all the con, uh, we've had all of the, um, correspondence. Yes, but I'm sorry. We just had to cancel at the last minute because enough youth did not sign up. That, that was a shock, but, uh, that worked out okay. Dr. Whitcomb heard that I was in Winona Lake. That's where he lived and uh, was teaching at the seminary. And he asked me if uh, I would take a ride with him. He had some errands to do, and he wanted me to go with him. Well, his wife had passed away just a little short time before that. And... uh, so he, being one of the four people who came to my door that night, he was the one who identified my husband's body on the street. He came and asked me if I would go out with to this, do these errands with him. So I thought since he had seen me in my sorrowful moments, he probably wanted to share his with me. So we went from Fort Wayne, or from uh, Winona Lake to Fort Wayne. And um, after we got in the car, he said to me, Norma, I have some very important things to share with you. Yes, I know what they're going to be. They're going, you're going to share with me about your wife's death. And he said, um, I didn't say anything. That was what was going through my mind. He said, you know, when Edicine, that was her name, his wife's name, when Edicine 
knew that she would not be able to live any longer. She'd been ill for a long time, in and out of hospitals, in and out of comas. She told me, Norma, that she would like you to be the mother of our four children. We're riding along in a blue station wagon. And I hear this. Well, I went into shock, but you couldn't tell it. I, stood, I sat there as cool as I am right now, but I knew it was in shock. How did I know? Because my mouth was so dry, I couldn't talk. And when a woman can't talk, she's in shock. I don't know what we've talked about for a while. But before we got that 25 miles, I had said, I'll try. (laughs) Meaning, I'll try to be the mother your foreign children need. And I didn't know what that meant at that moment. And I'll try to be the wife that you need. Now, I didn't say that because I was desperate. Please hear me. I had full intentions of going back to the mission field. I hadn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was lonesome, but I wasn't trying to fill that void with another man. I had no intentions. How did I say I'll try? Because God put it in my heart to say it. Months before, I sat in a church on a Sunday morning, and the pastor was reading a scripture. And that scripture was so important to me. Not necessarily about a man or anything like that, but just direction in my life. Well, I knew that. I thought I was going back to the mission field. My directions were all made. And so I even dated those that day. I even dated that scripture. And so when this all came flowing, (laughs) bombarding me all of a sudden, that scripture came to my mind. I hadn't. I wasn't paying much attention to it, but the scripture came back. Norma, do you remember you? Uh, I spoke to your heart one day that morning, and you dated some scripture, and you filled my mind with that. And on the basis of that, as though it was a confirmation from the Lord in advance, that's all. I said, I'll try. Well... That meant changing three people, my two sons and I, into a bustling household of eight people all of a sudden. And the night that we, uh, we said, I do, well, yes, my son, 16-year-old son, walked me down the aisle. And when the pastor said, who gives this woman? My 16-year-old son said, my brother Tim and I. And that was the beginning. But that was only the beginning. That night, when we melded, blended these two families, the ages of the children were 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yes, there were lots of bright strokes. I was marrying 
Somebody I didn't even know. <laughs> I married somebody I didn't know very well. I didn't know his past. I didn't know, I, I didn't know that he was a famous man. <laughs> I was just fulfilling the place that God had me to fulfill. And dear friends, when God calls you to something, if it's, in, if it's God's plan and purpose, he will fulfill it. And he will give you all the strength, the wisdom, the, the help that you need to carry it through. He doesn't start something in our lives and let us dangle in the middle. And that was definitely a call from him. People have said, oh, so you're leaving the mission field. You're not going back. That was kind of a dig. But we had caught, we had talked this over. And if I could take the lives of six children hurting, six children hurting, my two sons, daddy would kiss them goodnight. And the next morning I have to go in and say, he's with the Lord. Your daddy is not here. Four children of Dr. Whitcomb's who had seen their mother in and out of comas and hospitals and sickness for years. If I could take those six children and rear them to love the Lord, to know his word, to obey his word, that was the mission field. Well, we've had some calluses on our knees from time to time praying them for them, but right now, every one of those six children is living a close relationship with God. My mission field has been completed. You know, there'll be tears. There'll be dark strokes. There'll be lots of gold blobs if we'll look for them. Gold specks, very small. Just look for them. God makes no mistakes. We took as our scripture verse, as two widowed persons, uniting our lives together, we set heirs together for the grace of God. Well, yes, trying to put six children who were topsy-turvy, needing help, once in a while I would go down to my husband's office and I'd say, honey, and then we'd talk. And uh, he'd say, you know, Norma, he always has a verse for everything. A Bible verse will come out first, if you notice. He said, you know, someday these children are going to just rise up and call you blessed. Yes, but right now they're just rising up. <laughs> well, God's been gracious. The only thing is... I learned so much from painting on canvases. Little canvases I held in my hand, and I'd paint. And they'd stay there. Big canvases I put on an easel. I can make mistakes. It's, it rests. It stays there. It doesn't. What do we do as a canvas in the hands of God? Do we rest our canvas in his hand? Do we take the brush and say, oh, God, I don't like those strokes. I'll paint. I'll do my work. You don't, you're not a master artist. Well, the decision is ours to make. 
He gives us all that we need to know. The decision is ours. And someday we're going to stand in an art gallery and God is going to look at the work and he's going to say to himself and to us, well done. Well done. We'll look at Jesus and say, face to face, we'll see Jesus. And we'll say, thank you, master artist, for painting so perfectly on my canvas. Young girls, older people, it makes no difference age. Just let rest in his hands. But do what he tells you to do. Do your part. Cooperate with him. And he's, he's not, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Praise you. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Rest in his hands, but do what he tells you to do. With that wise advice and that simple prayer from Mrs. Norma Whitcomb, we conclude this message and this series as we trust that it has provided you with great spiritual motivation. We want to thank Grace Bible Church in Elkhart, Indiana, for allowing us to share these audios with you here on Encounter God's Truth. Remember to keep up with the news from our ministry at facebook.com slash Ministries. We'd love to see your questions, comments, and interactions there as well. And for more encouragement and timely information, always make sure to visit our newly redesigned website at WhitcombMinistries.org. Now, for everyone at Whitcomb Ministries, I'm Wayne Shepherd, trusting that God will bless you today, wherever you may be hearing this program, as you place your confidence in Him. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Encounter God's Truth.